Welcome back to your favorite, the most awesome, the most spectacular, <laughs> best ever Shrek Watch podcast. That's right. You're tuning in today to get ready to get, get Shreked. Shreked. <laughs> All right. Incredible. Hello, Nicole. <laughs> Hi, Brayden. Oh, goodness. Oh, it's so it's so great to be back here. Um with you because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like we we've said this a million times and we'll say it a million times more this is one of my favorite things to do uh watching shrek with Absolutely. you breaking it down scene by scene <laughs> it's just it, it, it's the highlight mm-hmm. of my week Brayden, <laughs> <laughs> i love watching shrek with you oh I love watching Shrek with you, even though we don't actually do it together and we do it at our own separate places, like a couple of hundred miles apart. And then we just come here with all of our notes that we take. You're you're ruining the magic, Brayden. <laughs> OK, yeah, no. We, OK, so Nicole. So Nicole and I actually uh, meet up every every <laughs> every like week or so every couple of weeks or we so, make the drive and we sit down yep. we get we make the drive we get lunch and then we watch we watch like nine to ten minutes of shrek and then we talk about it and then she and then one of us leaves immediately drives back <laughs> yep we don't we don't stay we don't hang out or anything we just we do what we have to do and then we go back home mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and immediately uh, hop out of zoom call yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we don't even record in the same room together. We record in, we record in separate rooms after <laughs> after we watched watched the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, everyone listening at home, um we have a really fun episode for you today mm-hmm. because last time we really kind of like delved into having Fiona here as part of our troop now, right? And so now that they've escaped this castle, they are on on the safe side of this brimstone hill. And now we have like we have to see the dynamic of this group for the first time. And that's where we're at right now. Yes, absolutely. And man, what a what a dynamic it is. Um, I, Mm -hmm. I will mention before we get into like any of the dialogue that happens, it's so the, the uh, we talked about this um when we first were introduced to the castle that princess fiona was was staying at right but the, the just the mm-hmm. sharp contrast between that castle and farquad's castle right but yeah, even yeah. The, the the sharp contrast that we see just getting off of that uh getting off of that hill th- uh, from the lava pit the lighting mm-hmm. is just it's so much brighter already as it is it's almost like they're it's almost like that castle was stuck in a perpetual darkness and then as just as soon as they yeah. get across that bridge as soon as they get uh, down that hill it's just 
completely different scenery now. Like, it's not dark anymore. The light is shining down and everything. It's it's such it's such a drastic change to help um, shift the mood, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that also kind of comes from, I mean, we talked a lot about, and, and not to backtrack here, but we talked a lot about how there wasn't just one prisoner in that castle. And I think, you know, the fact that we left one behind, um, we're supposed to see that, like, maybe it's not as dangerous anymore now that this dragon doesn't have this purpose that she has to perform, you know? Um, Because her whole thing was, like, you have to stay here and you have to kill everybody who shows up. And, you know, while she has been left behind, I think there's also a little bit of that freeness. So, like, she doesn't have to protect this person anymore because they're not there. So she's kind of free. But again, that's backtracking a little bit. But, yes, I agree with you. I think that (laughs) this darkness um, surrounding the castle, um, that was kind of placed there as this ominous, you know, warning or, um, you know, oh gosh, prelude to what they're about to see when they get in there. Um, it leaves with Fiona. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we as we move on forward, the one thing that really jumped out to me with this rewatch that I didn't that that I didn't notice as a child because you know you're not really you're not really paying to paying attention to. Mm-hmm. what the voice actors are doing or like how they're saying their words but right right one of the very first things Fiona does is obviously she's so so excited to finally be out like she has escaped this prison with her one true mm-hmm. love and now like now her life is going to be better right and as we see her slide down this hill yeah we we get a sense of who Fiona is, but as soon as Shrek and Donkey slide down the hill, while she thinks Shrek is this Prince Charming, this like very very um heroic person, which he is, which he is, but in mm-hmm. her mind it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? Her yeah, her brain switches into princess mode and you can tell that because Mm -hmm. her her language and like the timbre of her voice and the way she articulates her words becomes so different yeah she's a carbon copy of a storybook princess which is all she has a reference for yes exactly like she's she's using words like thy and thine and noble steed and what is st- <laughs> yes <laughs> it's just it's, yeah. it's so weird um and c- because it's like she um she just kind of reverts back to this 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 like higher uh whatever this uh, higher um education or this um royal mm-hmm. uh way of talking of speaking yeah this royal training of sorts yeah yeah exactly it's so to see that like to see that shift is 
really interesting and it's also fun to kind of um assume assume why she does this and to kind of play around with that space absolutely and i i also want to point out another one of those things that you you just mentioned like things that you don't really notice on your first watch or when you're a kid i watched uh this scene and you know it's it's always funny we see that moment where shrek and donkey are sliding down that hill and they like land on each other and like parts of the armor Mm -hmm. goes flying and like it's it's a very funny jokey moment Mm -hmm. but what we don't really focus on is how precise and graceful princess fiona is as she's going down that hill oh my she gosh. slides she stand, lands on her feet she looks gorgeous nary a hair out of place Literally, like oh. she and and that that just shows us a little bit more about her character even in just the way that she is um disembarking from this hill right like mm-hmm. she has such a grace and poise to her but also a strength Yes. And you and I know that we see that strength in full force later. Um yeah. but, <laughs> but this is this is just a really great way of like showing like showing us a little bit without it, it's truly like I think one second on the screen, a couple frames and that's it. But yep. we learn so much about her already. And and I think that's something that the storyboarders are doing so well. Mm-hmm. In this they've done they've been doing it for the first 40 minutes of the movie, and they will continue to do it for the next 45. Yep. Speaking absolutely. of, we're almost in the middle. How exciting is that? Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. But, yeah, it's, it's just really exciting to see her in in, in those situations and yeah. acting as this strong person that she has had to become. Yes, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. Um uh mm-hmm. as you know as we're watching uh we do there are like little trivia facts that pop up for us every now and again and one uh one that popped up specifically during this scene um it was uh it was said that so Cameron Diaz said that Fiona's like romantic and practical nature was actually more like her sister rather than it was herself mm-hmm. and so i think that was really cool that I think uh, that Cameron Diaz was able to have something to kind of like draw off of, right? Because as yeah. as actors, we know that when we're playing a character, obviously we cannot relate one to one for a character, right? Mike Myers has no right, idea what right. it's like to be a big, towering, scary ogre. Eddie Murphy does not know what it means to be a talking donkey. And obviously Cameron right. Diaz does not know what it means to be a princess, even though she is a princess in our minds. Um, True. So the fact that she is able, the fact that she's able to have this kind of uh, outside perspective from her sister about this romantic and more practical nature, you know, I think it really, it really keys in that performance, right? Because yeah. we do see that in Fiona. We see the one very strict romantic side of her mm-hmm. which is very a la um that princess training that we are talking about but then we also see that practical side of her that was trapped in a ca- trapped in a tower for 20 plus years yeah. right and she kind of had to do that she had to be that practical person yeah and she not only did she have to be that practical person but she learned you know, that um, there are certain situations where she has to put on a certain face. 
And she recognizes this situation as one of those moments. And so she can't be this herself, this this strong self that she's had to become alone in this tower um, mm -hmm. that she's kind of become to, and I mean, protect herself, honestly, if we're being truthful here. Um, she was trapped mm -hmm. in isolation. So she definitely created this version of herself that's strong just so that she could survive that. Um, but she recognizes this situation with Shrek as one of those moments where she needs to be the damsel in distress. And she slips so effortlessly yeah. back into that role. And it, it it's kind of sad to see it. I, if I'm being honest, it's kind of sad to see it. Um, you know, the, the music changes as well, which is something that I think is really beautiful in the production of the movie. Because when she starts slipping yeah. into this princess mode, she, um, she, you know, starts using that voice that you talked about and starts using that language that you talked about and the music shifts and plays that romantic theme. And mm. I think I kind of want to start tracking because I have a theory. I haven't watched this movie all the way through since we started this deep dive because I didn't want to like think ahead. I wanted okay. my, my, my opinions to kind of happen as they're happening, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So. I have a theory, but I don't know how it's going to pan out. But I want to track when that theme is used. That is something that I want to do. And I kind of want our listeners to kind of join me in that. Because I think that that theme, we see it in this scene twice, actually. We'll get to that point later. But um, I think this theme is going to really give us some insight into what P uh, Princess Fiona is feeling in moments. And I, yeah. I'm excited to see that. That's awesome. I yes, I love that. Um, yes, please keep me updated on that because that is something that I I will did not that is something that I really didn't think about. You know. Um, so yes, I would love. Mm -hmm. Yes, please let me know anytime it pops up. Just be like, oh, I ding, will. Ding, ding, ding. Nikki Bell, Nikki Bell. Yeah, <laughs> I have. <laughs> Guess what just here, happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another. So another part of the scene as as it continues to move on, right? This romantic side of Princess Fiona, as she's talking about Shrek, she says she says the line, Of course you are. You're my rescuer. Obviously talking about Shrek and saying mm -hmm. that he is her true love. And it's like, girl, you barely know him. And just because he yeah. rescued you doesn't mean you need to love him or that he will be your one true mm -hmm. love. Right? Obviously, yeah. very stereotypical, like, princess and prince dynamic. You know, the prince comes in and rescues the princess. They lock eyes for the first time and they immediately know it's true love. Right? Very stereotypical yeah. Yeah. dynamic that we're used to right mm -hmm. but even like i feel like even shrek is the audience in this moment you know where he is just like yeah whoa 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 whoa, whoa. hold up <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> that's not how this works i am yep. the middleman i came to rescue you for someone else I think that that's such a funny, funny thing um, in that moment because, you know, Princess Fiona is advancing. She's like, this is how the story goes. So here's what happens next. She is following a set of rules that she has learned from 
these books, which has been kind of like her only company, really. Um, and basically, she is following these set of rules, and she knows what she needs to do. She's playing her part, and she is up against yep. a scene partner who is not saying yes and. And so she is kind of um, stuck in this moment where she doesn't really know how to proceed. And so she is, you know, fawning over the the the, the steed, <laughs> and um, which oh donkey, donkey, and his incessant need for uh, validation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's just um, it's really funny to see how she, she uh, that facade that she's placing mm-hmm. cracks oh, and breaks yeah. as the further we get into this moment and the further. Um, that P- Princess Fiona is trying to get onto these. Here's the next step. Here's the next chapter. Here's what we do. And Shrek is just like, absolutely not. And he knows the stories too. We've talked about that. He knows the stories. He knows the the steps. But he's like, that's not what this is. Right. Exactly. And I love that. Uh, I <laughs> I love that comparison. Uh, your improv car- uh, compa- uh, comparison, <laughs> where it's like you're you're absolutely correct. Fiona is a very yes and person, and Shrek mm-hmm. is a very no and also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna tell you no, and I'm also gonna give you more reasons why it's no. Um, mm-hmm. No, the the cr- yes, the cracking of the foundation. We saw a little yeah. bit of it in the castle when Shrek first came to rescue Fiona and told her that no, the dragon hasn't been slain yet. Right. Yep. And we, again, we start to see it crack more and more and more until, until Mm -hmm. eventually Fiona is not only begging, but demanding for Shrek to take off his helmet and gets kind of a little scary right oh yeah scary enough yeah scary enough she's got yeah uh, yeah no sorry go ahead go ahead no i was just saying she's got like that um strong presence that we've seen shrek have Mm -hmm. hmm i wonder (laughs) i i wonder um but no it uh it's so it's it's so cool to see that I, I mean, it sucks, right? It, re- it really, really does suck to see those cracks forming, right? Because at the end of the at the end of the day, we want nothing but the best for these characters, right? We want them to succeed. We want we want Shrek to get get what he wants, right? We want Shrek mm-hmm. to. <clears throat> find love and find somebody that is not scared of him we want donkey to feel appreciated and to also feel loved and we want fiona to find love and be accepted and uh you know be like being being loved is such a strong theme in this movie and finding love is such a very strong theme in this movie for all three of these characters and we want all these yeah love and acceptance i think too absolutely seeing but i and i'll tag this on but seeing the struggle that fiona goes through even though it's hard to see because we again we want her to succeed Mm -hmm. it's what makes the character 
so um, uh, realistic, makes the character realistic, and it makes it relatable. Right. Oh yeah. Because absolutely. And I, I that's something that we've talked a lot uh, a lot about during this movie is that these characters, even though they are quote fairy tale creatures they are so grounded in reality because what they want are things that we have wanted at some point in our lives Mm -hmm. you know we have all wanted to feel accepted we have all wanted to feel love we have all wanted to find love at some point in our lives Mm -hmm. and so it just even though it's hard to see fiona distraught about who came to rescue her because it wasn't who she thought it was going to be at first Mm -hmm. but that's what makes it real and that's what makes it relatable i think it also um speaking from like the female perspective here girls growing up are you know told to have this perfect vision of their life right mm-hmm. i mean we're in we're playing house at four years old right like mm-hmm. we um mm-hmm. we have this perfect vision of how things are supposed to go we're supposed to get married we're supposed to fall in love with the prince like we're supposed to have this whole big family like that's just like and, and that i i think um obviously we're seeing it in this fantasy world as well but that is something that's also relatable to our world um and just the fact that this perfect life that she's been envisioning for herself isn't panning out is heartbreaking. And but, yeah. you know, for the better, as we all know, um, it's good to subvert those um, gender norms. But um, yeah. having them kind of break in that moment is it's heartbreaking for her. It's, it's earth shattering for her. And so when she sees Shrek take off this helmet. And she sees what this person is. We know there's another deeper level, but or level to what she's seeing here. But in this moment, with what we know as far as the movie goes, she is seeing somebody who is not somebody who she thinks can be her true love. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just it's her, her entire life plan up to this moment has been shattered. And so that's when she she drops the facade. It's gone. Mm-hmm. And she is like, no, 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 no. This is this isn't this is not true. This is a fucking pet, not a steed. Mm-hmm. Like she she is yep. she's mad. She she's I think calling out what she's seeing, not only to them, but to herself. She's like, wait, I know. How did I see that as a steed? That's clearly not a steed. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so she's seeing these things for what they are for the first time. And that's when she she's she's angry, she's upset, she's heartbroken. And I think, you know, Donkey picks up on that. Donkey's got some emotional intelligence that like not a whole lot of people have in this movie. And mm-hmm. um yeah, and then clearly, you know, she goes on to be like, you know, I'm I'm not going. The person who wants me will have to come get me. Right. Yeah. But you know Shrek's not going to let that happen. <laughs> Shrek Shrek has a job. He wants to he wants to get his swamp back. He he's not going to take no for an answer. And so he is um 
in in Shrek form, not the best way to handle things, but the only way he knows how to handle things, just like he is done with Donkey, he is just going <laughs> to fully pick her up and uh, throw her over his shoulder, and they are mm-hmm. going to start the long trek back to Farquaad's castle. And yeah. I think we have officially reached the halfway point of this movie yeah like we're we're on you know we're on scene nine so this is our this is our ninth episode and we are officially halfway through the movie nicole and wow i think it's it's crazy but i think this Mm -hmm. next half the, the, the the second half the final half of this movie there is so much to mm-hmm. look forward to i think there are we had a lot of lot a lot of memorable scenes in the first half we had a lot of yeah. amazing dialogue we had a lot of really really cool things that we got to talk about but i think the second half of the movie is probably my favorite um, oh yeah especially now and as an adult um just seeing the really seeing the dynamic between Shrek and Fiona play out the Shrek between uh, the dynamic between Shrek donkey and Fiona play out and Shrek and donkey's friendship play out the emotional um, drive that this film has really starts to pick up. And I, I'm incredibly, incredibly excited to talk about the, uh, the second yeah. half of this film. Me too. I can't wait. And it's going to be it's going to be incredible. Um, but Brayden, as per usual, I want to end this episode with asking you a question. <laughs> it's time for a Nicole Tuttle question. T- that's <laughs> that's the new jingle. Is that the new the little? <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, I'll, I'll so here's my it. question for you, Brayden. <laughs> um, are you? In this in this scenario, right? So, like, you as a person, would you consider yourself more the knight, the steed, or the princess? And why? Ooh. Show your work. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't make me show my work. <laughs> um. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Um. You know, I think that in this particular situation... I think I am I think I am the knight in this in the sense of I like to I like to help people. I like to try and help people through their problems. Like I I like to be a problem solver, right? Um and I I I feel like within these past couple of years with stuff that I've been through personally, I think I've gotten a lot better at listening and I think I've gotten a lot better at uh, taking information in and trying to figure out how it's going to be best to help whoever is talking with me. And even, mm-hmm. even though in the sense that a night is – someone who comes in and sl- quote unquote comes in slays the dragon rescues the princess 
bada bing, bada boom. I think the pure essence of a knight in fairy tales, in historical uh, uh, texts and everything like that, I think the pure essence of a knight is someone who wants to help mm-hmm. and wants to protect. And so I think I fit, I think that kind of fits me a little bit better um, in my, kind of in my mind. Nice, nice. I love that. Thank you. And what about yourself? Um, oh gosh. So I, I think I often see myself as the steed, if I'm being honest. And like in that kind of situation, I, not in the way where I'm like, equating myself to a sidekick but kind of i um i see myself as like a hype person for a lot of people in my life um and i like to think that i'm always there if people need like a getaway car (laughs) or you know um i'll be the driver like that kind of person like it when people are upset or they need to vent i always feel like that's the kind of role i like to take on for them is like how can i help you let me get you out of here let me take care of you Mm -hmm. and so i do see myself as the steed a little bit um I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I think you and I are very similar. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> from from our humble beginnings of not knowing whether we were related or not to uh, <laughs> For now, years, solid years you, of not knowing. Yeah, yeah, to now you being not only a family member, but being mm-hmm. married to, being one of my best friends, being married to one of my best friends in this entire world. Mm-hmm. I think you and I have done a lot of growing these past 10 years, which Nicole, mm-hmm. we've known each other for 10 years, which is absolutely wild. wild. To me. <laughs> um, but no, I would, I would a hundred percent agree because you were, I, I, you know, these last couple of years when, uh, when things were, you know, a little South for, for me, I think you were, you were the one person that I always reached out to and, um, you were you always were there to uh, talk me through some stuff and give me advice and um, so yeah so I love you for that and I think Aww. you are I think you are a majestic steed oh thank you so much I love you I love you so much all right everybody we got we got sappy enough okay um. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us with this episode of get ready to get shrekt and we are so excited to see you next time so tune in and we'll uh for the back half of shrek let's do it baby (laughs) see you next time everyone bye-bye i'm walking the boat go boat go